When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wolves Fancast. My name is Matt Guy. I'm joined by Jafo and Andy, and we are here unenviably this evening to talk about Wolves versus Arsenal or Arsenal versus Wolves in a shellacking today uh, at the Emirates. But, gentlemen, first and foremost, how are we? All right. I mean, it's, it's Sunday evening, but at least we haven't got work tomorrow, so can't complain, really. Speak, yeah, speak for yourself, bad boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank, thank God it was. Uh, thank God it's all over. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, do me uh, doom and gloom day for Wolves. To be fair, uh, five nil uh, to Arsenal. The Gunners rampant on their last day of the season with Wolves firing blanks. Uh, goals from Jaka uh, Saka, Jesus. And uh, Kiwior, Kiwior, is that right? Um, sealed the uh, victory for them. We will go into more details about the uh, results uh, in a short while, but we need a bit of foreplay first to get us through before we talk about that uncomfortable result. Um, going to try and get through as many comments as possible uh, today uh, to try and lighten the mood a little bit. Andrew Knight, hello. Thank you for joining us. All right, lads, what a shit show, absolutely. Um, try and get your comments in if you can. Um, thank you for everybody that's watching us on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Do our very best to get your comments across as well. There is a tiny bit of housekeeping um, before we go any further. We have a charity football match, the Content Classico 2023 at Molyneux on Friday, the 2nd of June. There are some spectator tickets if you'd like to watch us fall over spectacularly or... Uh, basically try and make a run along the wing like I did in the last game or foul another beloved Twitter personality uh, and give away a penalty. But uh, Wolves Fancast versus Upload United, the link for the donation page will be on the socials. Any donation that you can make, big or small, is really appreciated. And it goes towards 
a great cause. So we would really appreciate any donations that you can give. Gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about some of the other good news around the Premier League this season. Leeds and Leicester have been relegated. Um, Jafo, from your point of view, at the start of the season, would you have tipped either of these clubs to go down? I mean, I, I would be a liar if I said yes, because Leicester should not be getting relegated with the players that they've got. Um, Leeds, I mean, maybe you could say, yeah, you could argue that they'd be in and around there because um, Ted Lasso, he just isn't a very good football coach. Um, but yeah, certainly Leicester, that is the biggest surprise in probably the last sort of five or six years of a size of a club getting relegated. You know, you, you've got Premier League winners in there. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie Vardy, and I know he didn't didn't start for Leicester today, but you've got players there who won titles and, and played in Champions League football. They have no right sleepwalking into a relegation into the Championship. But here we are in in the end of May, and and Leicester will now be playing playing their trade in the Championship. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. From your point of view, Everton surviving after uh, they beat. Bournemouth today, just about literally by the skin of their teeth. How hilarious would it have been if they had have gone down and ultimately, if you could have had it any other way, would it have been Everton relegated? What would you? What would your perfect relegation decider have been? Yeah, I think of the, the three teams who were left battling it out today, Everton were the ones who wanted to go, let's be honest. Like, yeah, as Matt's pointing out, the whole Connor Cody of it all would have made that little bit sweeter as well, to be perfectly honest. So I would have quite liked Everton to have gone. It would have been as funny as when Villa got relegated previously. Like they're the team who've always been in the Premier League, mm-hmm. but they've almost always made up the numbers. So it's about time that one of the the bigger boys went. Um, Leeds, I mean, it's always funny to see Leeds fuck up. We It's bread and butter at this point, isn't it, with that club? But Jafo's right. I mean, there's absolutely no way that Leicester should have even been in this conversation. I think I saw, I don't know if it was um, the Price of Football guy saying earlier that Leicester have been relegated with the highest wage of any club ever in the Premier League. So, like, it's inexcusable to have had the money that they've had pumped into that club in the, what are we looking at, seven years since they won the Premier League? Mm -hmm. They're pretty penny and they've spent a lot on wages and now they're looking at like what probably about a 70 80 percent cut in their income um like if they don't really have a massive cull across the summer they could be looking at you know maybe not getting back up in 12 months time it's going to be mm. a season for less than next year yeah absolutely well that uh, is a really good question um that we can pose on the back of this in terms of the relegated teams is there anybody jafo that you think Let's put aside this FFP and everything else that we've been talking about for the last week, 10 days or so. In an ideal world and a realistic world, who from the three relegated teams would you like to pick up for Wolves? Who would we need? Who would be beneficial to us? Um, I mean, I'm still going to be pretty pragmatic about it. Um, but if I was going to go, um, if I take one from Southampton, I'd take Perot. I really like him, the left back. I think he's a solid, solid player. I think he'd do well for us. A um, little bit more experience that we need in that position. Um, Leeds, I'd probably go Aronson. I think he's a very good footballer. I, I, I think he's sort of that energy that we don't have in midfield. 
um, sort of in between the lines. I mean, we've started to add more of it and more of it, but I think it's just another area where we, we could improve. And then sort of Leicester, I'd probably be looking at the young right back that they've got, the one that they had from Luton. Um, he's a very good uh, fullback, and I think that's another area where I think we're Wolves especially need to be looking at in the in the summer is is fallbacks again which seems to be a recurring theme mm, absolutely um the other big news over the weekend was luton uh, town being promoted to the premier league um i mean it's easy to say this or oh, they're fodder to go straight back down absolutely but this season all the promoted teams staying up um it's one of those really where actually you can never really put a put a thing on this but Andy from your point of view you know looking ahead to the to the season coming up from from Luton's point of view it would be an absolute I mean we talk about films on our other podcast it would be something of a of a hollywood miracle if they uh, did anything other than about 10 points wouldn't it yeah you've they've got to be concerned about being like the lowest ever premier league scorer it's incredible to think of a club of that size who like what was it about 11, 12 years ago, they had a 30-point deduction and were basically knocked out of the Football League. And their comeback has been absolutely astounding, just incredible. Um, but yeah, going forward, I haven't seen a lot of them, granted, but I watched most of the match yesterday and they did not look good. Um, they'll struggle next season, I think. And I, th- I know we said the same about Bournemouth when they came up this year, but... Bournemouth have been in the Premier League before and they've got that bit of um, mm. nose. But I think for Luton, unless they bring in a lot of players, they're really going to struggle. And if they do bring in a lot of players, they're probably going to struggle a little bit like Forrest did. Eventually, it came good for Forrest. Will it happen for Luton? I don't know. Plus, who's really going to want to go to Luton other than maybe the more mercenary type players? So yeah. they could be in for a, a bit of a tough, tough season next season. But as you say... It's just a fantastic story. Yeah, it really is. Fancast will have all of the previews over the uh, summer period so you can keep up to date with all of the Wolves news and Premier League news and everything that's going on with football uh, over the summer period as well. So don't think for a second at all. End of the season, uh, end of the content, because we're going to have a lot over the summer as well. But unfortunately, I've put it off long enough. We will have to talk about this game today, unfortunately. Um, from a lineup point of view, there's a few uh changes and Raul on the cover there after the uh controversial choice not to bring him on against Everton, let's say. Um, Bueno makes the lineup, Collins and Kilman as your centre back pairing, uh, Adam Troyore and uh, Huang as well. There, Saar returning uh, to the team also. From that lineup point of view, were there any surprises, or is it just this time of the season you're going to get Frankenstein lineups? And did it? I mean, did it really matter before the whistle was even blue, Jafo? I mean, yeah, as you say, it doesn't really matter. But I, 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 I don't know if it makes him look weak that he starts him and is in this game because I know he felt like he made a mistake by admitting him and having all the issue against uh, Everton by not bringing him in. It, it just doesn't make Lopetegui look very strong that he's then brought him in for essentially his what a swan song game. Mm. And 
you've either got to be a person who's going to be like, you know, committed to being emotionally invested in the players and being this sort of father figure to them, or you're the manager. You can't flip flat between the two each week because mm -hmm. it, it, it just, um, you know, damages his position of strength within that dressing room, um, messing around with things like that. And then sort of the rest of the team, yeah, okay. The other areas are okay. They're pretty good. But I just think we know what to expect when we get Collins and Kilman in there. And that's mm. the problem is we, we, we've we seen it. And it's, it's just a shame because... I know we'll probably talk about Collins a little bit more later, but it's it's a shame to see a, a player who looked like he had a lot of potential at Burnley come in and, and sort of be thrown to the proverbial wolves, as it were, by playing with such a, a disjointed team and, and a team that's struggling for defensive solidity before Dawson came in. Mm. Um. We will come on to Collins a little later. It's someone I want to talk about um, long-term at Wolves, but we'll do that in the second half of the podcast. Andy, I mean, I don't know if it was being ever the optimist, but it had, at least I thought, the making of that at least Twilight, not the sparkly vampires, but the Twilight of his Wolves career story of Raoul scoring against Arsenal, not a redemption story because it's not like it, you know, with the injury, it wasn't, you know, him to any of his failures, but it was written for me in the stars for him to score against them. And I, I really thought Arsenal wouldn't turn up for this. If I'm brutally honest, they'd lost the league. They faltered under Forrest um, and it just didn't really work out that way. None of the players really <sighs> pushed themselves. I thought in the, in the opening minutes of the game and obviously we conceded very very early on how did you see the the game from your point prior to it what were your expectations and then how were they battered during the start of the game yeah you're right I mean the script was all written wasn't it it's the place that Raul Jimenez had his almost you know life-threatening injury let's be quite frank about it and this was going to be his final match we think for Wolves it was written in the stars and then we were like what five minutes in and somehow Xhaka ghosted in between two defenders and put the ball in the net and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was never going to happen the game completely changed immediately I think everyone's hopes were up a little bit as you say Arsenal over the last couple of months they've pretty much stumbled through the, the last part of the season and I, I you know i I don't think we'd have got a result, don't get me wrong, but I thought we'd have had a performance and there'd be some battle in there. And that's what I was really hoping for. And I know other people I'd spoke to and saw on Twitter was hoping for the same thing. Mm. And it just ended up being an absolute shit show within 15 minutes. Somehow, Granite Xhaka, of all people, he just ghosted into the box twice, scored two very simple goals. Like, he's a big bastard clogger like he that's not the kind of player he is and he, he somehow was had the deftest of touches we made him look like prime pillow it was ridiculous yeah uh, it, it was just unbelievable ridiculous. and i actually said we'll come on to collins but he had a bit of a calamity within the first half an hour and i don't think he or the team ever recovered after that yeah the thing is for me you know you can chop and change at this stage of the season um and i understand it but what you want to see are the players that are on the fringes putting in a performance that makes the manager ask questions and 
you know, it's 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 easy, uh, you know, when we're not in anywhere near even a sniff of that professional locker room atmosphere and everything else and, and what it takes to be a professional footballer. But you would think as a human being, for people that aren't getting regular game time, they would want to show up, but it, it didn't feel that way. Um, Danny P has put in the chat, uh, trusting uh, Danny P here that this is exactly what has been said, but he's quoted saying that because we were already safe, some players prefer to have little surgeries, including Neto, Podence and Costa, um, including um, a little surgery in his nose for uh, Potence. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, but um, yeah, a couple of players opting to have uh, surgery at the end of the season, which I suppose makes sense. The quicker you can get those in, the better in terms of recovery time. Um, there is a couple of, you know, comments in the chat about Neto in training, jumping around. He's always injured and a waste of time. Yeah, he's he's not one this season that has really, you know, come back from injury and he had his promising moments, but not always um, on the top form that he's had previous to this. Um, Saka scored a, a wonderful third, to be fair. I mean, Bueno really struggled today, uh, Jafo. He, he, you know, they were targeting that side. And he hasn't had, you know, when he came in earlier in the season, it was to a lot of fanfare. He, he did really well and cemented his place. And then injuries and, and other things meant he's been then in and out of the squad. Was it just a bad day at the office for Bueno? Or do you think, you know, it's something that Wolves need to consider and strength in those fullback positions is something we need to bolster in the summer? I think there's a, there's a certain amount of rustiness that comes into it because obviously he's, he's obviously been out and Toto Gomez has been playing that position. Um, and to come up against today against probably the best right winger in the league, although he's had quite a few weeks in, in Bukayo Saka, He's always going to be tough for a young lad, and you know it's it's essentially his first full season in professional football, so it's it's one of those. And and as you mentioned it about um, strength in depth. I think that is the side that we probably need to look at more because obviously with Aitnuri not really getting a look in over the past couple of months, and Toto Gomez, he's a very 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 good in fullback position, but. I think most fans would want somebody who is uh, like a designated fullback, somebody who's more attuned to that position. So that's why I talked about Perot earlier, and somebody like that, somebody who's like late twenties, maybe even touching thirty, who can have a lot of professional minutes under their belt, who can go in there and and do a very very good job um, and bring Hugo Bueno on because he's a natural talent with a lot of very good. Um, you know, ability for his age and, and he's obviously a, a lot of talent there as a footballer, but we risk burning players out when they're that sort of age and that they, they, they play too much football when they're young. So, yeah, he's a very good footballer, but I think there is a need to bring in somebody to sort of be that uh, guiding person in, in their career and he can kind of be that understudy and take a step back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as the game progressed, obviously, uh, 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 well... Can you can you really be wrote off after one nil? I don't know, but certainly after two, as soon as it got to three, you know, it's good night, Vienna. Um Arsenal, you know, only 2.68 XG, if that's your thing, uh, to Wolves is 0.51. I can't really remember a chance for Wolves, really, that was of note. Um, admittedly, though, I got the old multi-screen on to see the end in the second half for the uh, for the relegation battle. So um 
Saar didn't cover himself in a lot of glory either today. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Saar over the last couple of weeks and with Bentley and I'm not sure um, if rumours are to be believed, Villa is sniffing around him, but that seems like a, a bizarre one in itself. Um, but a day at the office, a bad day at the office for the goalkeeper, Andy, today. But is it a case of uh, the sum of the parts or do you think Sars just had a uh, had a particular howler today? I mean, for the fifth goal, like, yeah, it, that was inexcusable. It was a very tame shot right at him and it, it somehow squirmed into the bottom corner. Um, that, that was pathetic. But in his defence, this is what Arsenal have done all season. They have well and truly battered their XG. I, I think if you look at their XG, they've got like 30-odd percent more goals than what's expected. They've I don't want to say they're lucky because it's not luck. There's also obviously skill towards it. But they've been very fortuitous. And I think that's a big part of why they were top of the league for so long because they were they were outscoring their coverage. Eventually, that catches up with you. Mm -hmm. Today felt like it was an early-season Arsenal performance in regards to the goals. But from our point of view, we didn't really press them. Like the midfield was non-existent. The defence... Like, Kilman tried, but wasn't great. And he seemed to just stick his leg out to try and stop stuff. And it everything fell to them. And none of our players were ever close to it. So it was just calamitous all round, really. It would be harsh just to pin it on Saar. But he's also got to take some of the responsibility on at least two of them, actually. I thought this, the header on the second one, I might need to see it again. But it did look like he was absolutely nowhere near it. Mm. So the, there was a few... Yeah. Why... But for next season, I wouldn't necessarily sell him yeah. unless the price was right, obviously. Um but at the same time, it is an area that we could probably improve. But then th there's 10 other areas on the pitch we could probably improve as well. Yeah, I like whatever universe that this actually exists in, if you believe in the multiverse. So I had over 4.5 goals in a double with the Southampton and Liverpool game. And Ivan so he's <laughs> going to blow the lid on it. Um, why, why isn't Collins and Kilman working as a pairing do you think? Because it didn't work today. And, you know, Kilman has had an up and down season in comparison to how he's performed on seasons prior. And Collins, until he karate kicked, was it Grealish? You know, he was performing well. Um, and then he's he come back from that suspension and he was a shadow of the player he was at the start of the season. Um it's just not working for the pair of them, is it, Jafo? Is there a, is there a reason you think that is? And what about it? You know, are they solely to blame for us shipping five goals today, or again, is it is it more of a sum of all of the parts? I, I think yeah, I think the result today is a sum of all the parts. I don't, I don't. I think there's probably maybe one player on the pitch or two players on the pitch who, who, who come out of it with any sort of credit. But I think the I think the main issue when you look at Collins and Kilman is just a severe lack of minutes. I mean, between them, they've they've not played um, probably more than thirty-eight games, fifty games at the most, mm -hmm. and that this is a starting partnership at the start of the season for a Premier League team who are, you know, in theory, we, at the start of the season we should have been looking to push into the top ten and into the top half. That's where we were because for so much of last season, you know, we were challenging for top four <laughs> at parts, and 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 it's it's crazy because. 
when you've got a very young kid who in, in Collins who needs a lot of experience, needs a lot of nurturing next to him, and you've got Kilman. I know Kilman's a little bit younger, a bit of older, sorry, but he hasn't had the experience. He hasn't played the, the minutes. You you haven't played enough football to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And until you play enough football to make mistakes and sort of learn from doing things wrong, you, you can't grow as a footballer. And when you've got two players at the same time who are going through that situation in Kilman and Collins, then you are just asking for it's a recipe for disaster to, to, to coin another, you know, uh, sort of cliche, but it is. Mm. They are very two very talented footballers. Kilman probably looks more suited to the Premier League. I think we, we've seen that the last two months. I think Kilman is, is the much better footballer at this point in his career. But I think what we've said a lot of in like group chats and stuff like that, that is that Collins would benefit from going and playing maybe in the championship for a full season or going and playing, you know, abroad or something like that, just so he can get a full season under his belt away from Molyneux, probably at a slightly lower level. So he can, if he's going to make mistakes, I'd rather him make him in the championship for whoever Norwich or, you know, mm-hmm. whoever is going to take him because we can't afford to have a player in his current state where he's going to make mistakes. It's going to cost us points because we're a team that's very much on the edge of the blade where one goal conceded could ruin a game for us. And that's yeah. the difference between no points and three points. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think one of the things that we have to try and remember is he's very young, Andy, isn't he? Um, Collins, he's, he's not um, got a lot of time in the squad this season and his mm-hmm. age as well it, it's got to be too early to write him off or is it you know is it one of these where you know in the long term it may not work you know Lopetegui hasn't put too much faith in him since he joined the club and therefore after displays like today you can understand why he'd be hesitant to give him game time into next season as well yeah absolutely if you if you look at it from the manager's point of view, you want to have someone who you know you can rely on, even if they're young. And I'm sure Lopetegui isn't going to expect him to come in and be, you know, Polo Maldini. He's going to expect him to have this mistake in his game, and that's fine. But the problem is, if you know that he's going to do that every single game and it's going to cost you one or two goals, it gets to a point where you think, well, actually, I'm just not going to trust you at all. Mm. From a fan's point of view, you can see there is something there potentially, but it's probably two or three years down the line. He's not ready yet. Jafar hit the nail on the head. A year in the championship, you know, what, 46 games in the championship season, I think would be really beneficial for him. He would be able to do all of the, the dirty side of football that is known in the championship, the, the mm. you know, the, the piss and nettles of it all, I think would do really well for him and he would mature from a season battling it out down there. I wouldn't yeah. want to write him off yet, but I don't want him in the team, in the foreseeable. Well, the interesting thing is, depending on what you read, what we believe, what comes out in the transfer window, can Wolves afford to send a player on loan and then have to have to get a, another defender in to backfill just for purely squad places more than anything? I don't know. Um, it's going to be really interesting. The summer might be bumpy ahead, but you know, Collins really does split opinion. Uh, Stephen, uh, in the Facebook comments, 
Uh, he's not Premier League standard, and I would say he never will be. Slow, can't pass, and always has a mistake in him. 20 million was a shocking deal. It's interesting because I remember at the time when he came in, he was meant to be the player that was like the ball carrier and can carry the ball out mm. of the defence and help set up attacks and stuff like that. And not sure we've really seen that to its fullest potential, to put it as kindly no. as possible. But I think, to, was it Stephen who just made yeah. that comment? He's 20, 22, 21, something like yeah. that. Like most defenders don't hit their prime until they're 27. So I wouldn't write him off yet. 20 million yeah. at the minute does look like an absolute mistake of a deal, but I wouldn't write him off yet. Yeah. I, I trying to be as kind of open minded about it as possible. Um, but going back to the game itself, we're going to talk about kind of Lopetegui in general after we have our break in uh, in a short while. Um, but going back to just purely this game, the mentality side of it fascinates me because you've got a manager like Lopetegui who is really um, animated on the touchline. And he's really, uh, you know, and we talked about a certain level of maturity or lack of it in this squad, an emotional lack of maturity. Yet in a game like this, we sort of fall over and allow our bellies to be tickled. So is there a mentality problem? And was it on display today, Jafo, with this squad? I think it came back again in full force. Um, knowing what... No, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what's going on inside of Lopetegui's head, but having an idea of how he is as a manager and how he wants to present himself, every game is important. And today, it just didn't come across like that. It just came across like it was a friendly game. It was a filler game. Mm-hmm. The players just didn't seem to want to put it in. You know, is granted some of the players that there are leaving or are out of contract, so will not want to get injured. You know, Ala Raul, uh, Traore, um, you know, and, and some don't even want to be part of the squad at the moment. But it's it's difficult because that whole side of it, and especially away from home and away from Molyneux under Lopetegui has been really, really poor. And I don't think anyone can quite put their fingers on it at the moment for how we can turn that around because at the moment, the away form is is really, really bad. We just can't seem to put our stamp stamp on a game and we just can't seem to control it. Um, and I think essentially a big part of that is the emotional side of it. We, we've seen with... Um, Neves is part of the team, as part of the captain. I know he didn't start today, but when he's on the pitch, the emotion is very high. We're always moaning to referees, um, moaning about decisions, you know, getting our, our anxiety levels up and, and feeling, you know, like we're being egregiously done by referees and officials. I mean, Lopetegui, for God's sake, he's on a ban on four yellow cards. He's only been here since January. It's, it's, it's unheard of. And yeah. I think everyone needs to just relax and just the thing is football is is a, is a simple art form and we allow ourselves to get sucked into the bullshit that surrounds football mm-hmm. so that you've got referees okay referees make mistakes they do things and they do things stupidly but we allow us ourselves to get sucked into that and become emotional about it and it's 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 um not the right way to do it because football is art and football is beauty and everything like that so they just need to find a way to take a step back from that and just relax because at the end of the day, they are professional footballers. They're good enough to do it. So just 
feel the feel the feeling of the football pitch and just relax. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what else to say. No, well said. As Andrew uh, says in the chat as well, well said. Um, we are going to try and relax and we are going to have a short break to uh, allow yourself, if you're very quick, grab yourself a drink and uh, have a lie down as well and try and ease this season out of your memory as we all will be trying to do um, going into uh, the summer ahead. But um, yeah, we're going to have a short break and when we come back, we're going to talk about Lopetegui, we're going to talk about Neves and we're going to talk about uh, another manager that has had a more positive end to the season that uh, might be of interest to Wolves fans. But we'll be back with you very, very shortly. Welcome back to Wolves Fancast. Um, so, we're going to go and talk about Lopetegui in just a moment. However, there is news in the remaining football world outside of the Premier League. And uh, Nuno uh, ended up winning the Saudi League title uh, in his uh, season over there. Congratulations to Nuno uh, for getting the silverware that I'm sure he so desperately covets. Um, from a Wolves point of view, don't want to put too much fuel to the fire, but I'm sure as Wolves fans, we can uh, be happy that Nuno uh, got silverware. Andy, is this something that's a positive for you or you send, you know, bye-bye to uh, Nuno? I don't okay, care anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah, wouldn't say leave a club, they're dead to me. Fuck them. Um, he won a league less competitive than Scotland. Well done. Oh, that's a that's a great question, Jafo. Would the Scottish, would the let's put all of these Scottish teams in a league with the Saudi teams? Is it, is it you know it's Scotland top ten, Saudi bottom ten? What we what, what, oh, what yeah. are we thinking? I'd I'd, I'd say so. I I I think Al Etihad and wherever the fuck Ronaldo's playing are probably the only two teams who, who could even you know put a dent on them. I mean. Al Etihad have got a, a, a good set of players, you know. I mean, Helder Costa's not a bad footballer still. Hagazi's sort of got Premier League experience, but that's about it. But I mean, it's the Ronaldo effect now. It's it's six points clear when he joined, and they end up right. bottling the league. Well done, Cristiano, you fucking legend. Well, <laughs> that's it. Somewhere, uh, somewhere out there, little Dan is his spidey senses are tingling. Um, about this one, but uh, yeah, I mean, for Nuno, nice to see, uh, nice to see him do well. But at the end of the day, um, I'm sure there are some walls, uh, Dars that are chomping at the bit for uh, Nuno to uh, be successful. I'm guessing, um, from one manager or ex manager to another in Lopetegui, there's been a lot of talk about Lopetegui's future over the last kind of 48 72 hours, um. I know people have got column inches to fill and I know it's we can't go a day or two without some kind of Wolves Twitter drama, but 
from your point of view, uh, Andy, the Lopetegui thing, give me some, give me some rationale. Give me something so I shouldn't panic myself at night about this. Or, you know, should we be thinking, what if? I honestly don't know what to say to, to quell your fears because who knows what's going on in his head. He seems a very up and down kind of a person. Like, as Jafo said before, he seems to be a very emotional guy and that seems to change with the wind a little bit. If he's not going to get the money that he wants or rather the players that he wants on his timetable, he doesn't seem the kind of person who's going to be happy with that. But also at the same time, he does seem to be kind of happy at Wolves. I mean, we're only going by what he said and obviously what he said could be bullshit. But he doesn't seem to be wanting to go out of the door. So I, I really don't know. And I think if you're Jeff Shee, you've got to be a little bit worried that your six years spent chasing this man could blow up in his face within six months. Mm, it's a strange one. I don't want to take too much away from what will be the end of season review um, show that we're going to be doing as well. But Jafo, from your point of view, obviously, there's this weird habit that we've got, especially away from home, of chopping and changing lineups. And people have talked about, you know, as we did in the first half of this podcast, talk about the mentality of the squad and talking about kind of the fight and the desire there. And some of that, maybe 50%, or more has to be attributed to the manager. Do you think that's an issue there? Do you think that's something, you know, that this game against Arsenal highlighted as well? Yeah, I think it was just a microcosm for the whole of the time that Lopetegui's been here. Um, I just think the one thing that, that Lopetegui's really struggled to do away from home is stamp identity onto Wolves' team because we, we've never really looked balanced. Um, I mean, you look at all the time that he's been here in the away games, there's maybe one or two where we played okay and we played well. But the thing is, you, you look across the whole stretch of it, there's no continue, continuous uh, philosophy and there's no continuous style and, and pattern to what we want to do. Whereas Wolves at home under Lopetegui, we have this idea of wanting to hit teams on the break, wanting fast counters, moving the ball quickly. And that's the, the thing now is, is how he translates away from the tombola or whatever people want to call it. He's, he's having a settled 11, but you need 11 players who are really going to buy into that philosophy and buy into what Lopetegui wants to do. And, and with Lopetegui, he needs to come up with that solid philosophy for how he's going to have success. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we change four players in the summer and four go, four come in, we still have a team that should be performing a lot higher than 13th in the league. You know, we, okay, granted, we're probably missing a sort of a forward that could score enough goals to push us into sort of the echelons of, of top seven. But certainly, we should be in between eighth and 11th, mm -hmm. especially with the players that we've got. So he needs to come up with a plan. And that's the time now that between now and August, when we kick off again, we need to have something solid in place so that we can get results away from home as well as at Molyneux because Fortress Molyneux is not going to keep us up again next season. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, Sean in the, the comments there, Andy, mentioned about having that off-season. When he took over before the World Cup, there was a month or give or take for him to implement, but he was also playing with a, a chessboard that wasn't his own. It wasn't his mm -hmm. pieces on the playing or on the board, so to speak. So 
where how much leeway do you give Lopetegui in terms of it's job done, we survived. You can argue if it was the miracle that some people say it is, or if it's the absolute bare minimum was that we should have stopped up. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts on 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 that in terms of you know, is Lopetegui and Arsenal? Let's refer it back to this game. Is he just doing the absolute bare minimum that with this squad, or actually, is it a case that the players aren't good enough? They're not to his standard, or they're not playing the way he wants to play, and he's just got us through by hook or by crook. It's really difficult. Like I'm quite analytical when I look at performances. I like to see the stats on the other side of things. And we haven't ever looked convincing on paper when you look at stuff like XG and like the quality of chances that we give away each week. We should be losing a lot more than we've been winning. Even at home when we've won games, we haven't done it to a convincing level. I think the fans have given Lopetegui a lot of leeway with that because we can see the players that are out there don't either don't fit his standard or they're not of the standard they need to be for this league. It's one or the other. But we, we know the players aren't quite right for him. So I think I'm quite happy to, you know, with him continuing to build his team and implement the way that he wants to play. I do think he needs a proper pre-season. He did have the the World Cup break, but he was having to play catch-up on the fact that, you know, all the players we had were so lacking in fitness from the actual pre-season they had that he was always chasing his tail a little bit. So I think give him sort of the the start of next season and we will see the Lopetegui effect in, in full flow. And if it's good, fantastic. If it's bad... Then those six years that we mentioned before um, are going to kind of look dreadful. I'm I'm hoping it's more the players than the manager, but I do think the manager is also going to need to improve. Like Jafo said, he's going to need a settled eleven. This chopping and changing every week. And someone put a, a picture on Twitter earlier of Wolves home and Wolves away, and it was the um, Michael Jordan film. Yeah. No, no, the animated one from the 90s. Oh, okay. Oh, Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam, Space Jam. And the picture was that Wolves at Home was the Munstars, as they are big and burly, and Wolves Away are like the ones before they've had the special drink where they're all tiny and timid. And that, that needs to stop. Like, they've got to be monsters both sides, both home and away. So that, that's where we've got to be heading. Yeah. No, well said. I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of the game um, from today, I didn't want this hate to lose. Of course, they have quality, and we have to do better. It's about intensity, which I think we've said has been lacking um, pretty much since we've been safe. Um, if you go down on your intensity, you've lost because the level is very high. But again, you know, great buzzwords, and they look great on a motivational poster, but they have to be delivered. And I'm not sure in my heart of hearts, whether that's a manager not getting the best motivationally out of their players or the players not wanting or having the desire to do it. And I think I said earlier to in another group chat that I'm in that, you know, I don't think these results happen if we needed something. I don't think it would have been that way. I don't think we'd have like rolled over in the way that we had over the last few games, but you know, a difficult one to kind of judge really the, the um, problem is though matt yeah sorry to interrupt you under lopetegui we've had three games where we've shipped in four or more goals mm-hmm. 
Like that intensity, that's like should be bare minimum. And we don't see anywhere near regularly enough to have lost. I think we've had four across the season, but three under Lopetegui, where we've shipped in four goals. In half a season, that's not acceptable. Hmm. And he sounds great in that interview snippet. Like, if he was interviewing for a job, great, well done. You've hit the buzzwords. But there's got to be a point where you need to implement that on the pitch. And from minute one today, there was no intensity. I mean, even Joe Gomez, who has been the pit bull for us, he looked lost today. He looked like a fucking chihuahua. He was really poor today. He was completely anonymous. Yeah. That intensity, you can talk about it, but if you ain't going to show it, it's worthless. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One of the th- like the really bittersweet things about this is obviously this was the last, the real last dance, not the one at home. I mean, the, pro- the, the problem is with this, like much like the Infinity War saga, it ended with Endgame and it ended at the Everton game and we had the goodbyes and we had everything else. And now this game was the rest of the MCU in all these phases where we just really didn't need it nor want it. Um, it was obviously the last dance for a number of players today, uh, allegedly and, and you know, logically, Neves, etc. Um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been you, Andy, so apologies if I'm misquoting you, but didn't even notice he'd come on until about... 10, 15 minutes into the second half, such was the lack of kind of quality in the game today. Um, that aside, though, you know, it's 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 upsetting that, you know, Matinho never got the chance to say goodbye, um, making it out like this is some kind of schlocky rom-com here. Um, <laughs> and then obviously Neves' last game as well today. Um, it's just, it's a very bittersweet end to the season with this game, unfortunately, but... One of the positives is there is no more wolves this season. It's done. We're o- it's over. We can relax. We can relax. Jafro, what are you going to do with your free time in this wolvesless world for the next few months? I, I don't have any free time, so I'm going to be focusing on preseason with the team team that I'm managing next season. So mm-hmm. getting things ready for that. So I, I eat, sleep, and breathe football. So I will not be slowing down at all. So. <laughs> Yeah, busy, busy, busy boy. Good, good way to be. Andy, from your point of view, obviously, football takes up a lot of the weekend and, and everything else. Are you are you glad for the little bit of a uh, little bit of respite now from uh, for football over the summer? We know kind of international. Obviously, there's qualifiers and stuff, but are you looking forward to a bit of a break? I am a little bit. It's been a long old season, and like as fun as the World Cup was, it's made the season even longer. And it hasn't been a fun season for us, has it? So I am looking forward to just having a little bit of a break and maybe spending the odd day playing God of War Ragnarok when I finally complete the last one and just spending a bit of quality time doing absolutely nothing and just enjoying myself. It's going to be really interesting. I think Is it the 2nd of June the season ticket renewal um, runs out? It is, yeah. There, there and thereabouts. I, I mean, Stu, who is our resident kind of finance man in the group chat which is terrifying if you knew Stu as we do um you know he talks about how the renewal rates always really high and you know as a fan base we must be suckers for punishment really with that it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of translates into into the season going ahead but it's whether I guess spend the thing is and it's genius really to have those deadlines before as a you know a penny has been spent in the transfer window you know, there's a reason why they don't let those deadlines go all the way to like the start of the season or anything like that. But um, yeah, absolutely. But um, 
In terms of Arsenal, congratulations to them. They will always remember this as the season that they nearly won the Premier League. Um, you know, they were impressive today, but against a Wolves team that were obviously lacking um, quite severely. Um, our friends uh, down the road, obviously, they are going to be languishing in the Championship once again. So it could be worse, Wolves fans out there. It could certainly be worse. Uh, Matt Bradley just put in the chat. I wonder how many players already know their surplus if JLo gets his way. It's an interesting point, really. Um, who knows? This could be an absolute cull in the, uh, the summer, but it's whether, I guess, we have the funds then to replenish what we lost. I mean, it makes me a little nervous. I don't know about you two, about having like another bare, paper-thin squad in terms of numbers. Yeah, I mean, we bemoaned it when we had Nuno and we were doing quite well. We were worried about it and <laughs> to, to do it now off the back of a pretty shitty season would be horrendous. It would like stink of Mick McCarthy's first season when we had like what is it, six professionals when we started the season or something <laughs> like that. It would be kind of worrying, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Well... We really appreciate your time spent with us today. Once again, just want to let you know about the charity match that we have on the 2nd of June at Molyneux. There are spectators tickets available. It is for Mind, which is a great cause. It goes towards a mental health charity. And we've not been shy about talking about mental health on this podcast and how it's a really um, important cause. So we'd appreciate any donation, big or small, um, would really help towards making this um, a success. And we know that you, the uh, the listeners and viewers, um, you know, you've always been really good. The Wolves community is a really good one when it comes to kind of charity. I know that other podcasters and content creators do a lot for charity. And, and um, as a fan base, we've always stepped up. So I'm sure once again, the fan base will do that. Um, gents, thank you very much for joining us on this last uh, episode of the season. There will be a season review uh, coming up on the fan cast and we'll kind of let you know what the plan is over the summer period as to what we're going to be getting on with. Um, just once again, really appreciate your time. Um, if you enjoyed what you saw today, please like and subscribe on YouTube and the other accounts on Twitter as well. It'll help just grow us as a podcast and as a content creator and enable us to get out and give more when we can. Um, cheers, uh, Peter. Have a good break. As I say, we're going to be doing a lot over the summer anyway, so hopefully uh, you'll be with us along for the ride. But for now, Jafo, if you'd like to say goodbye. Good evening. Andy, if you would like to say goodbye. See you soon, everyone. Everybody, have a great rest of the week, and we will see you soon. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? I'm going.